Hello and welcome to the June episode of uh, And Now for Something Completely Machinima. I am Damien Valentine on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise and I'm joined by Ricky Grove. Hi there. And Tracy Harwood. Hello. So um, Phil couldn't join us this time, um, so we're going to be uh, doing it without him and he's sadly missed. But uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, we've had some excellent feedback and uh, Tracy, I believe that... Uh, you'd like to share that with us? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, first of all, we've heard from Ben Tuttle uh, in response to our discussion in episode 35 films and discussion that we did in April. Um, ben has commented on the issue of the lack of films for iClone that we talked about, you remember. Um, he says there's kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to iClone. Um, he says, whilst there's versatility, it takes quite a bit of time to get the process down and Creating a full production requires skill in all areas, plus money and a lot of time um, to do it as well, um, which yeah. he compares to the movies game where most of the time it's right there to create with some adjustments and modding, but most of the groundwork, he says, is done. So in contrast, he thinks iClone is more complex uh, and especially um, with the new tools, which I think you guys are going to be talking about later today. Um, he says the curve editor is intimidating and takes time to get used to, uh, as well as learning the 12 principles of animation, learning to light and so on. Uh, it can kind of be too much for the hobbyist, which explains why there is a vast number of tech demos compared to films. Um, he says you can create a, a little demo in a short amount of time compared to maybe a minute per week of production in iCloud. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. That's a little ironic because iClone set out to be the popular tool where people could make video machinima fast. Now they've, uh, in order to improve their the quality of their production, they've moved towards professional attributes for the program, which makes it more complex and harder to use. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But I suppose once you've learned the skills, then it's, you know, it does improve the out, uh, the quality of the output. That you yes. Use. Yeah. That you, um, you you spend so much time and effort in creating. Yeah, I think Benjamin has um, some excellent points there about you know the amount of work that goes into making something longer than just a tech demo. So yeah. uh, that's some good feedback there. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Ben. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Um, now the next one is from 3D Chick, and I'm going to assume this is a lady, um, <laughs> but, but forgive me if it's not. Um, so this is 1950. 1955, you would safely assume that. Uh, 2022, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, in response to our episode 37, May News, uh, and the question about what's your experience on laptops heating up running Omniverse, um, 3D Chick says um, uh, they have an Asus, is it ROG or ROG Strix laptop? Mm -hmm. Rog, I Rug, think. Strix, Strix laptop with an yeah. RTX 3080 and a Ryzen 5900. And yes, yeah. it gets hot when pushed, um, like rendering complex scenes. Um, they use a laptop fan and if really pushing it, an ice pack under the fan. Oh. Uh, but it's amazing, she says, you can run and render in Unreal and iClone on a laptop and do it well. Uh, and they do have several external SSDs Velcroed to the lid which she says is a shame given how pretty it is, but uh, even with four terabytes on board, it fills up fast. Wow. Um, and then she also says, uh, commenting on Unreal, that it's the most amazing thing, how very much you can do for free with Unreal, with hundreds of assets, characters, and environments. And quite frankly, I couldn't agree more. Um, so mm. thanks very much for those comments. They were, they were really good. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, 3D Chick. Thank you. Next, we've heard from Mike Clements. Um, now, Mike's in the process of making his first machinima and asked, what should you do after you've made your film? And it's a really good question and one we're going to pick up uh, later in the show this month. Um, so bear with us on that. We'll come back to that. Good question. Absolutely. Uh, and then um, we've also had a couple of really appreciative comments for which we are eternally grateful. Um, from CD and from Pookie, both thoroughly enjoying the podcast. Um, CD says you don't often, uh, well, he says, uh, he's, he's calling us the A-team. And, and <laughs> you know, we don't often get called an A-team, <laughs> which is great. Um, even Xanadu, whose film Blue 
by Teflon Sega Metasaga. You may remember we had some discussion about last month. Yes, basically, yes. Damien, Phil and I loved it and Ricky sat on totally the opposite I'm, end of the spectrum. I'm the kind of guy that would kids cross on the grass. I go, get off the grass, you stupid. <laughs> well, would you say, then, Ricky is more of a B.A. Baracus out of the A-team? I think so. Um, mm. Anyway, that, those, those comments are really appreciated. Thanks very much. Uh, and of course, if you do have questions or films you like us to discuss, don't hesitate to get in touch. Um, yes, please. Can... We would love to get suggestions and answer any questions you might have, even technical ones. Uh, Phil is really good on uh, uh, sound and music. I'm good on sound and the acting and production. And Damien is excellent on uh, film production as well. And if you have any uh, script issues, Tracy could help you with that as, as well. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> anyway, you can find all the usual details on how to get in touch with us on the completelymachinima.com website. Uh, and that's it for feedback this month. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, thank you for the Tracy for reading out that feedback and thank you everyone for sending it in. It's nice yep. to uh, know that uh, you are either watching or listening to the show and uh, giving us these very kind comments. So thank you. Yeah, it's much better uh, listening to real people than the sound of the wind going across <laughs> the desert. Yeah, much <laughs> definitely. Tumbleweed just yes. sort of, you know rattling through the discord. Takes a while. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the news. Um, I'm going to start with a few short pieces before we get on to the, the main story of the month, I think. Um, so first off, NVIDIA has a getting started uh, video, which is for their contest to, to make something with NVIDIA Machinima uh, contest they're doing. They did a, it's about an hour long stream talking about the basics of how to use NVIDIA Omniverse and the Machinima app specifically. And even if you're not entering the contest, it's worth taking the time to watch this video because it's an hour long. So it's not a huge investment to sit down and watch it. It goes through all the basics of how to use the software. And I think that's an essential thing to do. And of course, um, last month we kind of talked about how it seemed like Create was getting all the attention and they were going to abandon the cinema. Mm -hmm. A few days after we recorded that, they released a massive update for the Machinima app. So this tutorial will guide you through all the changes because now, yeah. Um, everything that they added to create is in the Machinima app, and then they've added even more animation tools to the Machinima app that you can use to, to make your yeah. film. I think sometimes users just get impatient because they want things now, yeah. you know, instead of re not realizing that it takes a while <laughs> to get this stuff done, and you just have to be patient. I think so too. And obviously I'm a little bit guilty of that because I was saying that I think they've abandoned this app. So <laughs> next time I will be a bit more cautious on my assessment of where they are when uh, there is an update for one of them. Me but, too. Yeah. But yeah, take the time to watch that if you're interested in learning how to use um, Omniverse. And if, if you're looking at Create as well, there's a lot of overlap between the two applications. So uh, you can learn a lot about how to use Create from the Machinima tutorial. Yeah. So take some Just time remember to um, the... Omniverse app requires an RTX graphics card. So you have to have a medium level machine to do it. It's free, so you can do it anytime. And the quality of the output is just absolutely superb. So it's worth the time, but it's it's still in the beta. Uh, well, no, has it, has it gone out of beta, Damien? Uh, no, it's kind of in an open beta. Like before yeah. you had to sign up and they, if you're lucky, they would you but now right right now you can get it, it right off the bat uh, it is a little complex but worth the investment and there's lots of good tutorials and as uh damien said there's a full hour of uh how to get started and how to use the program yeah, yeah. so uh that's that's the mission about omniverse news for now um i saw a video i watched the film recently of the batman which is a live action film and you're probably wondering, why am I talking about a live action film on the Machinima podcast? But they use the same virtual environment technology that The Mandalorian uses. Mm -hmm. And they released, it's about a six minute long sort of making of video, which they spend talking about how they use the, the same sort of um, screens and everything. And lots of videos of them on set and how they're using it. It was quite amusing for me because they were trying not to talk about it being used in Star Wars, but that's the only other example so far that's widely known and they're saying things like 
um, so far it's only been used for desert scenes and they wanted to use it to create an urban environment because obviously Batman's in Gotham City and they showed some scenes where um, Batman and Catwoman are on this rooftop and they had the sunset um, on the screens behind them and they were talking about how they could just keep that um, there all day whereas if they're on location they would only have about half an hour or so to capture that before they have to move on to the next time and uh, I think it's just just nice to see how it looks on a big feature film. I would kind of wish I'd seen it in the cinema on a big screen because when, on The Mandalorian, you're watching it on a TV and if there are any flaws, you're not going to see them. But if you're on a cinema screen, every single mistake is going to be very easy to see. So they must have put a lot of time into making sure um, there was nothing yeah. you know, noticeable. And, Did they um, use Unreal for the uh, virtual world? They didn't mention Unreal by name. But it's the same, they'd hired the same people from Lucasfilm who did The Mandalorian. So I'm assuming it's the Probably exact same unreal. technology. They just didn't yeah. want to mention the name. Yeah. It's all about, you know, the rights and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, it, and you know, it's just a little interesting to see how it's done for a, a feature length film in that kind of capacity rather than just a TV show. Right. Uh, my final part of small news, I say small, but it's, it's kind of big if you're a star trek fan um last month my film i chose was uh, a fan speculating what the introduction would look like on the star trek captain pike series which at the time was there wasn't even sure if there's going to be one there's this whole fan campaign saying we'd like one of these well the show is actually launched now and they released the title sequence as a video just for people to watch and I thought it'd be interesting to see how the fan one we talked about last month compared to the the real one for the show, which right. you now watch. Um, obviously, the show, the real show is called Strange New Worlds, and the fan ones call it Cap, uh, Star Trek Pike. Um, but the intro itself is very similar. It's kind of the ship flying around <laughs> and all those beauty shots. Obviously, the real one is going to look much more um, stunning because they got the whole production team behind it whereas the machine one has to rely on the assets from the game right um music's kind of similar um although the real one relies more on the original series soundtrack you know the title the famous st- um theme from star trek uh, and they kind of put their own spin on it but it's kind of got a similar tone to what the fan one had and of course the real one has the uh, space the final frontier um monologue over the top of it as well but right. uh, you know it's interesting to see how the, the fan one and the, the real one uh compared side by side so i thought i'd just mention that briefly uh for those who are interested yeah looks like a good series i think i'm gonna watch it i think you should if you like the original series of star trek um it kind of captures that adventure vibe uh but it's also got some of the themes from the next generation in it as well so it's kind of got that nice blend and it it's very episodic as well, so you can just watch one episode and you don't have to worry about, you know, you, if you haven't seen the previous five episodes, you have no idea what's happening. It's not like that. It's just, you can sit down and watch one and just, just enjoy it for what it is. And it is really good. Yeah. All right. So the big story of the uh, month, I believe, is iClone 8 and Character Creator 4 have finally been released. And... Uh, uh, obviously, I'm a, uh, an iClone user, have been since six, so this is a very exciting development. Um, there's a lot of new features uh, and enhancements in the, the, both packages of software. I have not explored all of them yet. There's, there's just so much there. Um, so I've liked what I've seen so far. Um, uh, and Ricky, do you want to talk about it as well? Sure, yeah. Uh, people have been waiting for this for a long time. Um, the user base has grown substantially. Real Illusion has grown substantially. As I mentioned earlier, they've moved towards more professional products, uh, more, more professional features, which ironically has made it harder for uh, a little bit harder to use the program, but has made the look and the feel of the program better. Uh, probably the biggest feature, new feature is the motion director included, which allows you to do point and click animation and all sorts of interesting things. Animation is the biggest uh, update in it. And I think that's a welcome feature because while in the past they've concentrated on rendering and the look of the characters, uh, they haven't given animation a much love. And in this uh, 
uh, version of iClone. It's really up front and center, much easier. Volumetric lighting, lens flares. There's a pose mixer, um, uh, which is really cool. There's a brand new content manager, which is a welcome uh, aspect of the program because content management was also always confusing for me. Uh, they've also incorporated the Curve Editor and 3D Exchange, which in the past have been separate programs that you had to spend money for. They've included them with iClone 8 for free. So you've gotten some money there. CC4, uh, Character Creative 4. The biggest uh, change in the program was um, uh, the fact that you can import rigged characters. Whereas in the past, you could only do iClone characters and you can do everything with it. You can do lip sync, animation. Um, they've made an effort to make the characters more expressive. So they've worked hard on facial animation and lip sync and all of that. And the relationship between Character Creator 4 and iClone 8 is perfect. So you can move back and forth with ease. So you can create interesting characters with new animation in a new production environment, which personally I think is the best iClone version ever. However, there are some caveats. Um, while they still have a perpetual license, that means you can buy the prog one program and have it forever. You don't have to pay a subscription fee. They've raised the price to $599. Now, I understand the, the reason why they do that because they have to pay for all of the upgrades and research. But the upgrade price is $499. That's only $100 less than the retail price. That's really going to put the thing out of reach for some people. So even though these features are great, it's going to take a hit in the pocketbook. And again, I understand why they're doing it commercially. They've got a good base of people. People just put it on their cards. But... Frankly, I think the upgrade version is too expensive. It should have been closer to three ninety nine um, to make it more reasonable for people who have been supporters of iClone uh, for years. Um, giving them a break, a hundred dollar break, is not. That's like twenty percent discount. It's just just doesn't work. Uh, CC four is the same thing. I can't remember what the exact price of that was. It was like two forty nine, I think. It's lower than, than iClone 8, but you're going to be spending close to, a, if you're a new user, you're going to be spending close to $1,000 with these two programs. If you're an upgrade, you're going to be spending close to seven to 800. That's a lot of money. You're basically in the territory of the high-end professional programs. And that means that the, that the Reillusion iClone and Creator, Character Creator 4 are going to move into a new user base, I think. And they're going to leave some people behind. And I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, so that's the caveat on that. But otherwise, I think it's a fantastic program. And I'm looking forward to uh, reviewing it myself and hearing news from Damien on the production side of it. Yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to test out all those features. I've had a look at the motion director. And I can see that's going to be really useful. And you, you kind of got this point and click thing like you said but there's also the option if you've got a game controller you can make a character walk around like a video game character which is yeah, obviously a very machinima, yeah yeah very machinima kind of throwback mm -hmm. there right um and if you don't have a controller but you still want to use that feature you can use a mouse and keyboard um like a pc game as well which is that's quite handy because i don't have a uh a controller that i'd want to use for for this um and you can pick different types of animation so um that's, if you want to have a character walk you can set it to the walk animation and then you, you know you make press the the appropriate key to control them make them walk and or turn left to avoid an object or whatever or if you want them to make the run you choose the run option and then you can do the exact same thing then the character's running obviously much faster than walking but you can you know make the run swerve around an object and then um have them do whatever and if you have other animations you want them to do you can tie them in so if you want them to jump over that object you press the you have them run towards it and then you press the jump button and then they'll jump over it rather than swerve around it which right so you've got a lot of features there which i've not had a like i said i've not had a chance to fully explore that just yet yeah. um 
and there's new facial animation features like the, the characters have got more ways to move and they're more expressive, um, which I think is going to be quite interesting. Um, I haven't had a chance to try out the new visuals. I did have a quick look at the lens flare options. And I thought this JJ Abrams is probably like this because you can go really over the top and have loads of <laughs> lens flares if you really want to. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's more I haven't had a chance to sit down and look at because at the time of recording, it's been about a week and a half. So there's a lot to sit down yeah, and go through. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really quick, excited for it. Quick clarification. When I say that um, iClone is a more professional program, it is, and it's priced like that, but it is still easier to use than moving towards Autodesk or um, Cinema 4D or any of those other programs, even Unreal. Uh, Real Illusions iClone 8 and Character Creator 4 are very easy to use um, compared to the professional programs. And they, because they're focusing more on the animation side, they're also adding more options for taking your scenes and rendering them elsewhere. So you can render in NVIDIA Omniverse or Unreal. And I suspect some of those formats can be used in other platforms as well. It's not something I've looked too closely at, but um, I think Blender's an option as well. I'm yes. not sure. Yeah. So if, if you want to animate uh, easily, then iClone is a good way to do it. And then if you want it to look better than what iClone can actually produce uh, as a render, then you can take it elsewhere very easily. Yep. All right. So um, that's the end of my news. Uh, Ricky, what else have you got for us? Um, while I, we did the iClone 8, uh, quickly, I just had some interesting news that I got from the Milan Machinima Festival. I joined their newsletter, and uh, it's really good. Um, even though it focuses primarily on academic machinima, they do post interesting stories and um, uh, artists. Uh, in fact, the artist that I chose for our film section, I discovered through the, their uh, newsletter. So uh, it's easy to just join and subscribe. Um, and an article that I found in there was a, um, a, <laughs> a, a filmmaker who made a film using a pre-trained AI script creator using open AI. And basically it can translate text. It can answer questions. It can summarize passages and it can genuine generate text output on a level that can be almost indistinguishable from human generated contact. Um, they use that to create the script. Now, granted, it's not streetcar named desire or, you know, at the shrugged, uh, it is primarily more abstract, but it did create a very interesting text. And I find that, um, that development that we've been talking about quite a bit of AI in machinima to be, I never expected it to go into the script element of it. So uh, check out the link. We'll put it on our show notes and find out more about it and see the film that they used open AI uh, to create the film for, because it, it might be an interesting alternative for writing your own script. <laughs> mm. Very interesting so you, to that actually. Begs the question: What are you going to do as a machinima creator if everything is done automatically for you? Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's the <laughs> ultimate automatic. I don't. I can sit back and eat Fritos while <laughs> AIs make my movies for me. <laughs> it's the almost the the make film button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> anyway, check out the link. It's an interesting article, and I urge you to uh, to think about it. Okay. That's my news. All right. Um, Tracy, what have you got for us? Oh, I've got quite a lot, actually. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, legal news. I've got a little bit of competition news. I've got a little bit of tech news and some project news. Okay. I want to start with legals. Um, now, firstly, in April, um, cloud Imperium Games and Robert uh, Robert Space Industries, who are the developer of, and publisher of Star Citizen, as you know, um, have updated their fan film and machinima rules and regulations, which actually seems to be more about them posturing over the impending release of Squadron 42, which they state is a Hollywood caliber single player story driven game set in the, in the same universe 
um, which will star Gary Oldman, uh, Mark Hamill, Mark Strong, and Gillian Anderson. Uh, and they do state they actively support the making of Machinima, live action video and audio drama set in the world of Star Citizen, but have now tightened up their policy specifically. That means creators must credit them with a disclaimer stating the work is a non-commercial fan production and not in any way affiliated to Cloud Imperium. You're also precluded um, from attempting to raise more than 50,000 on your portfolio of Star Citizen fan films. However, that sum might be generated. And explicitly they state that content or material from Squadron 42, once it's released, um, I'm not sure if it's been released yet, um, will be prohibited, even if it just sounds like the characters. Um, and plus uh, putting uh, content uh, of any kind that's been generated in Star Citizen behind any sort of paywall is also going to be excluded. So there you go, Patreon creators. That shot you in the foot somewhat, <laughs> I think. Um, now, a couple of things on this. Firstly, I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how this evolves over time, since fan films and indeed Squadron 42 are all set in the same universe. Um, basically, what they're trying to do is head off, I think, any kind of community-inspired competition for their Squadron 42 game, but it's hard to see how something, uh, uh, well, how it just can't bear any of the hallmarks when it's created yeah. in the same environment. So exactly. I think it's kind of an interesting development from that point of view. But also, not least, because last week, as we're recording this, there was a, a, a pretty interesting legal case in the US, which, not, which isn't actually about machinima, but was about the film called Grease. I don't know if you guys saw it. In this particular case, the co-authors of the original film had um, sent a cease and desist letter to a production company called Sketchworks regarding a stage play that they had created called Vape. Now, Vape is basically the same story as Grease, uh, just updated for a modern age, less misogyny and including electric cars, but otherwise a clear parody of the original in characters, plots and narrative, right down to names and story environment. Sketch, Sketchworks argued that their parody was um, fair use, and basically the judge agreed that Vape did not infringe the rights of the owners of Greece's copyright. Um, another point to note here is that in the discussion, they had um, um, reflected on transformative use, relating presumably to the making of a play rather than a film. Um, now here in that analysis, um, uh, what I've seen is it makes reference to an appeal case that um, has yet to be judged, which is where the estate of the artist, formerly known as Prince, has apparently claimed that Warhol's drawing on a photograph of him was not transformative enough, presumably. Um, that case isn't due to be heard on appeal until the back end of this year, but I think it's going to be one to watch. And in the meantime, fair use and parody, which we've talked about extensively before um, in the world of machinima, has become, I think, just that little bit more refined in law than it had previously. And it may well be that Cloud Imperium are not able to defend against content that has been recorded in Star Citizen and which reflects the stories told in Squadron 42, be that either accidental or deliberate. Uh, and furthermore, the matter of transformation of content from game to film will also make that in, um, situation clearer. Um, of course, in the meantime, we've seen loads of folks putting disclaimers over their videos. And as ever, the one thing that Cloud Imperium has done is to create another whole raft of uncertainty, just like all the other game environments that have attempted this kind of thing before over the last 25 years that we've been exploring the cinema. Ultimately, the only thing their hamfisted attempt um, has done, I think, is basically close down their community of fans. Um, and that will push them onto other environments and to whole new platforms. So I think it's a shot in the foot for them, really. And interestingly, I see uh, when I was um, just sort of looking generally at their website, they're already promoting jobs for gameplay capture artists, when in fact, all they needed to do was empower their community to continue to be creative and allow them to survive as an independent creator over time. And by the way, that 50,000 sounds like quite a lot of money for Machinima. 
but you only need to crowdfund a few films, certainly looking at on Patreon these days. Um, and it, you know, if you're working over a series of three or four years, I'm pretty sure that 50,000 will be probably fairly easily exceeded um, by certainly a few of those more successful indies um, who are out there um, creating it. I'm got, not going to mention any names in this particular thing at all. Um, so that was my legal um, update. Can I comment on that? Right. Please do. I think yeah, you covered the, the basis of everything. And I think that's just excellent reporting, Tracy. Thank you for that story. My only thought is, is that uh, I'd like to say is that fair use in the United States clearly accepts parody and satire. It's in the language mm -hmm. of fair use. So even if they sue, they would lose because it's clear language. Yeah. However, there's a detriment to being sued. <laughs> People who put out a thing that's satire, they know they're legal on good legal ground. And the company says, well, we're going to sue you and you have to go to court. It's a detriment. It keeps people from wanting to use their program to uh, create things and spread the content and the game and all of that, which is too bad because Star Citizen has had some really outstanding machinima that we've covered yeah, this year. It has. And they're what they've done is they've shot themselves in the foot by putting this uh, step back policy yeah. in there, this ill-considered policy. And it's just going to hurt their hurt their game and their reputation with the fan community. Yeah. I'm really surprised by it because from the day that the camp the crowdfunding campaign was um, started fans are creating fan videos and it's mm -hmm. helping spread the word and uh, the company was encouraging this uh, and once the crowdfunding campaign was finished obviously they didn't have anything to show, show off but one of the developers who start doing this weekly uh, live video where he would answer questions that fans had sent in and talk about what they were doing which you know started off with things like we got our office space today and he kind of took the camera around and said look this is where the kitchen is this is where i'm going to set the desks up you know all that kind of stuff yeah um and then over time fans got more and more creative with the questions and they started sending in videos which um uh, i think one guy made himself a costume which is like this sort of futuristic space suit and he was um <laughs> He'd do it at night so you couldn't really see where he was, and you'd say he's on this alien planet. But he had a, he's stopping his adventure for a moment to ask this question, and you know, and they were encouraging this. Um, mm. And so this, the current videos you get from Star Citizen, it's all evolved from that happening all those years ago. So yeah. it's a surprise to hear about all, all this these, these new restrictions. The only one I can really understand is not using the character likeness, the character models of the celebrities that they've hired, because obviously. Yeah, they don't want um, someone to do something unfortunate, maybe with Mark Hamill's character, because that's his likeness and he, he's doing something that he may not like. Right. Um, yeah. So I can see why they want to protect that and maybe not, you know, tell stories that go against what they're planning on their own. Because my understanding with Squadron 42 is they're going to release a series of missions, but that's not the whole story. And they're going to do it in chunks. Yeah. I have no idea when they're going to come out because it's been so long and it's so vague on the, the roadmap of when it's actually going to be finished. Yeah. Um, so it's I can probably see what... coming out sooner rather than later if, they were, if they're yeah. doing the le yeah. legals, because my, my gut feeling is what they're doing isn't anything really to do with what current machinima folks are creating, but more right. to do with protecting the IP on Squadron 42. Yeah. And I really think they've totally misjudged it. Yeah, I think, so I think the, the lawyers have caught... You know, made their impact yeah. in the company, which is really helps me understand why Shakespeare wanted to kill all the lawyers first, <laughs> <laughs> because they yeah. just ruin everything for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I just thought I'd throw my ten cents in. Thank you, one. Tracy. Yeah. Um, next, I've got a bit of competition news. Well, uh, you guys have just been talking about. Um, uh, Omniverse um, and the Machinima competition is still open until the 27th of June. Obviously, you need to use, as, as the guys were saying, the RTX kit and either remix characters from Squad, Mountain Blade 2, Bannerlord, Mech Warrior, Mercenaries 5, or your own characters using Omniverse Machinima. You have to um, use at least one of those characters, though. Do you? Um, okay. I don't know how extensively you have to use it, but you have to use at least one of those um, characters from their list of provided with you can use anything else as you want but one has to be 
one well, of them. However you want, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was two minutes or less is all they're asking for. So I do not think anybody that has this kit has an excuse to not put something in. Because quite honestly, you're not going to get a lot of story in a couple of minutes, or are you? Um, so that, that's my chat. Yeah, I, I think I, I really want to see what comes of this. Um, there's, there's also an interesting lineup of judges, including Dane Johnson, whom Ricky interviewed last year on the podcast, just as the Machina app was being launched. And I was also interested to see that Rooster Teeth have created the ad for it, um, which I guess <laughs> means we all know what kind of machinima they're really expecting, which I have to say I will be disappointed about if that's the case. Sort um, of humorous, irreverent humor, halo kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think it's a, a smart move on their part professionally absolutely. because Rooster Teeth has the highest visibility of any machinima creators ever. Yes, and uh, they have a huge community. So to tie that community in with the Nvidia Omniverse is a smart move on their part. For sure, oh. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Next, I want to highlight Reillusion's continuous pitch and produce program. I don't know if you guys have come across this at all. No, I don't know much about it. Well, it's not actually a contest as such, but a, a program which offers creators a chance to receive software content and also financial support to accelerate projects, whether or um, you know whether they're just on the drawing board or, or more developed. Um, anyone who shows knowledge and experience with Reillusion tools can apply using Reillusion as the main application software, mm. um, you're going to need to submit detailed plans and visuals. Um, proposals are, are formally reviewed on a monthly basis. Um, and there's a process if your idea is accepted to the next stage. It's quite a detailed process. But it's definitely something I think to consider if you're looking to develop high quality projects or even business propositions, um, much in the same vein as I, I, what, it, what appears to be, um, much in the same vein as Unreal's mega grant process. Right. Um, so I thought I would highlight that one. Next, I found a stunning, and I do mean stunning, showreel of 100 3D renders um, that was put together from a 3D competition which focused on the theme of infinite journeys. The quality of the work sample is pretty amazing. It was curated and edited together from entries into what was badged as the world's biggest CG challenge, hosted by Clinton Jones, otherwise known as Punisher. That contest um, actually ran last year, but Punisher runs a weekly 3D challenge um, from his Patreon and Discord accounts. And we'll put a link to those in the, in the show notes. One thing to note is there's basically an entry fee of about four pounds per month to join the community and participate in the challenges. Um, he has um, apparently about 79 creators in that community at the moment, but is YouTube channel um, is incredibly popular um, for its VFX um, tutorials. Now the showreel I mentioned is nine minutes long, but it's definitely worth the watch. Um, so I'll put a, a link to the show notes in that. And I'll be really interested to see what other um, reels come out of his curation of these 3D challenges that he puts up. Quick question, uh, Tracy. Mm -hmm. When you say 3D renders, it includes machinima, obviously, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, I think so. I mean, he, do he doesn't really... Yeah, I would say there definitely is machinima in there, for sure, 100%. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, now, I also um, have a contest that we missed promoting when it was live, um, but in the spirit of highlighting machinima contests, I just want to give it a mention. This took place in Second Life and was organized by Safia Widdishins and Chantal Harvey, who ran the second annual film festival at the Fantasy Fair Sim, uh, which took place at the end of April and into early May. Um, so last month, basically. Fantasy Fair is the largest gathering of fantasy designers, enthusiasts, role players, and performers in Second Life and has been running since 2009. Now, um, Chantelle and Safia ran three categories of film entry in their contest, uh, one for fiction, uh, one for factual, and another live stream strand. Um, creators basically had 10 days to make their film, uh, and the content was required to be 100% based on the fantasy fair sim. Um, the prizes was, wasn't actually software, 
uh, it wasn't even hardware or money, but a virtual award, a sort of this wonderful <laughs> waffly that they created, which looked pretty amazing. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll put the winners, uh, a link to the winners of each of the uh, categories in the show notes. But one film I wanted to highlight, which actually wasn't um, one of the contest films, was um, a review of the fantasy fair sim by Prida Parks called, um, she called it her epic walk documentary of the sim. Um, it's, it's, as I said, not about the competition, but it just illustrates how much incredible design work had gone into that whole sim. Uh, I have to say it's one of the longest machinimas at over two and a half hours. Um, but it's uh, timestamped for each of the 20 regions it features. Um, mm. And each of those regions has about 10 minutes devoted to it. So you can kind of chunk it up and watch it a bit at a time. Mm. Now, Chantel tells me the Fantasy Fair Machinima Contest is going to return next year. So if you're uh, a second lifer or interested in participating in in that contest with either live stream or fantasy or documentary type um, content. It's definitely one to look out for and it'll be about the same time again next year. So April-ish, gives you plenty of time to learn how to create Machinima in Second Life. The next thing uh, I want to talk about is a bit of tech news. And this one I have to say is especially for you, Ricky. Um, Elden Ring has a new VR mod uh, in development which allows you to, to play the game in first person. Um, and it's been created um, by a modder called Luke Ross. He's done lots of other um, VR mods for things like um, Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, and I think GTA as well uh, are, are um, games that he's created VR versions for. Um, we'll put a, a link in his, um, to, to his channel in the, in the show notes so you can kind of find out a little bit more about it. There's a, a really nice little video which shows you what it looks like on YouTube, um, mm. uh, which we'll also put in the show notes. But basically, um, it's something to have a look at if you like looking inside a dragon's mouth. So, <laughs> Ricky, over to you on that one, I think. <laughs> well, I hadn't heard of this particular development, although it makes sense mm -hmm. because the uh, user base for Elden Ring is just massive. It's still continuing to sell like crazy. And the Let's Play Machinima uh, creators for uh, Elden Ring are just over. There must be mil a million there. Wow. There's some. There are some that have gone over a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand views, showing how they um, access certain areas, how they work on defeating certain bosses, discover certain parts of the world, how to organize your weapons, and all of that stuff. There hasn't been any. And I haven't looked seriously because I've been too busy actually playing, playing, playing the game, but <laughs> I haven't really seen any pure machinima being done from it in which there's a story based, yeah. um, a, a story with characters that is shot in the world. I suspect that's going to come mm -hmm. after the first wave of interest in the program uh, is over, although uh, as it's going now, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's still uh, early days, though, right? Yeah. With, yes, uh, it is. It's only been out for what a month, since two months, I think. You know. Oh, wow. But yeah. I mean, if you go into YouTube and you type uh, "Elden Ring uh, uh, Let's Play," you you will get a list of thousands and thousands and thousands. In fact, this game I've I've accessed more online content for this game than any other I've ever played. Partially because it's just so damn hard. And you need people to help you, veterans, help you solve the problem. I'm a much better player now than I was before, but I'm still not even near some of the guys who, who and girls too, which I was really happy to see a lot of women are participating. Mm. But the VR mode would be very, very interesting because the beauty and gothic nature of this world, which is a ruined world, you come across ruins and and caves and things that are non necessarily play areas. You're not fighting or you're not questing or anything like that, but just the stark beauty of the world is amazing. And I think seeing that in VR would be, would just be a stunning experience because oh. the lighting and the rain and the, the desolate and beauty. And then the, all the careful detail they went to creating the, the flowers and the plants, the, the world, the ecosphere 
of it. It's just stunning, just stunning. Yeah, well, I look forward to an update from you on that in due course. Indeed, when I finish my first playthrough, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start a new character, which is just going to be using the uh, photo mod. And I'm going to go in and take photos and videos of interesting things that are not necessarily connected to the game. Uh, we're going to talk about an artist named David Blandy uh, in our film section who uses GTA 4 in just this way. You know, GTA 4 has the content, or GTA 5, excuse me, has content that is, you know, crime-based, urban-based, but he steps outside of it and you can find all sorts of interesting things there that have nothing to do with that theme and that's what i hope to do with elden ring you, didn't you tell us that last month you, have you still not finished your first run through on it yet? well it's a curious thing um mm. i had a character uh and then i abandoned it after about 80 oh. hours and i went to another character and i have that character about oh gosh two or three steps towards finishing it and i stopped it and i started a new character and I don't know why, I don't know why I'm doing that, but for some reason, I'm, I'm just avoiding finishing the game. Oh. I, I don't know why, but it's just happening and I'm just following my instinct. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. But going back on the third sort of third playthrough, it's much easier for me. And I think that's what I like. Oh. The level of hardness the first time I went through was so high that you'd go into an area and you'd literally die 50 times, 75 times. And it would become so frustrating that you just said, I'm not going to play this game anymore. But then you reason with yourself and you go, no, just stay with it. So I think now that I know how everything works, this third playthrough is the actual playthrough that I think a veteran of the games would have <laughs> because they know everything. They know how everything works. Um, but we'll see, you know, I'll, I'll finish that, that second character who is a mage, uh, which is very easy to play. And, uh, I'll report on that. I'll, I'll definitely keep everybody up to date. Yeah, on. Definitely like to see that. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got a couple more bits for you. Um, oh my God, Tracy. Yeah. Sorry. I told you I've got loads this, this month. I just kept collecting stuff and I just want to share it all with you. Um, so next the, the developers over at Roblox are working on real-time motion capture of facial animation for their avatars. Huh. It's not part of the game yet, but it's something that's coming down the road and clearly has potential, I think, for animating facial performance for machinima creators. So mm. I think it's a really interesting development to um, watch out for. Um, we'll give you an update as, as and when it, it um, takes off. And then in another um, sensory vein, a VR chat mod is being developed that helps you feel virtual content um, using the B haptic system. I don't know if you've come across yes. that. I think this has lots of future potential for Machinima too, um, particularly for immersive storytelling. Um, but, but so far, I'll be honest, I haven't seen very much done with it at all. Um, so if anybody's, uh, um, you know, picking this up at all, uh, I'd be really interested to um, see and hear about some of the projects that you're working on. With this right. kind of kit for, for filmmaking in particular, that's the kind of the haptic feedback um, systems. Um, and then with this one, I, I want to give thanks to Chantel Harvey for highlighting it. Um, great article on the Shopify um, website, uh, which has reviewed the best free video, uh, video editing software available for 2022. So if you want a side-by-side -side comparison, it's a pretty good read. And um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. I've got a bit of project news as well, which I'd like to share with you. Um, first of all, if you are thinking about um, the potential of NVIDIA Omniverse as a creative platform, JS Films, another of the judges on the Machinima contest, has made a nice little cyberpunk short. Uh, and on the back end of that video, it's a kind of how it was made overview. So it's a kind of enjoyable informational. It's kind of an interesting approach to doing the tutorial. I really liked it. Um, and then finally, um, our good friend Pookie Amsterdam, who was one of the first and most prolific machinima creators in Second Life, is in the process of developing a stage musical of the metaverse experience. 
It's called Mambo Motel, and um, it's, it's basically the first um, metaverse play to be created. Now, I have to say, she shared the, the script with me, and I was involved in a run-through of it as she was working out the, the wrinkles of it. It's really great fun. Um, it has some f- fantastic original songs in it. I think there are 16 original songs in it um, that she's written. And, well, it's, it's just everything that you come to expect from Pookie. Now, she's in the process of pulling together um, her team of creators. I think she's just about there on that. She's got, um, she's, she's got Ben Tuttle, who's on the um, uh, creative team side of things as well, uh, which is great to see, um, because the next stage that they're going to be working at is doing the creative side and then looking for funding to actually get it on the stage um, as well. So if you're interested in backing a, a great original project, then this is definitely something to follow. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, um, it's going to be shown first in New York. Um, I'm going to go over there and I'm really looking forward to, to uh, seeing it on the stage there. And hopefully we'll see it on the stage in the UK as well at some yeah. point. Um, Kudos so- to Pookie, who has been a stalwart in Machinima for over a decade. Yeah. Um, that's a very creative idea, and I'm really glad to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm honored to be on the advisory board of it as well. So, yeah, can't wait to see that one. Um, that's it for me this month. Thank you very much. I'm oh, sorry that was a long one. Oh, yeah, okay. lots of interesting news. All right. So, thank you for excellent news, uh, Tracy and Ricky. Um, thank you all for listening and uh, please send us your feedback as we discuss the new episode. Uh, we, we will read it out. Um, so, we're going to go and discuss our films next week so come back for us to see what we've chosen so thank you everyone and see you next time bye-bye bye bye bye